Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Join us, fellow Belmonts, as we brave Dracula's deadly domicile and talk all things Castlevania. Happy Spooktober month on a special Normies Like Us. Dive, monster. You don't belong in this world. I have told you how it will be. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. From this day on... The Belmont clan will hunt the night. We're back. Welcome back, Normies. As we mentioned up top, it's still Spooktober month. Happy Spooktober to you guys, my fellow hosts. This is Colin. Hey, this is Mike. Happy Spooktober month. We're also joined by... Uh, this is Jacob being spooky. Ooh, over here. spooky it's spook- Jacob. It's the return of spooky Jacob. Always As you heard the time. werewolves, uh, Jacob's a little bit more into vampires than werewolves, so uh, Spooky Jacob should have a, a lot for this Castlevania episode. I'm excited to talk uh, one of the greatest game franchises of all time with you guys. Yeah, oh. yeah, it should be good. I mean, vampires are way cooler than werewolves, so. No, boo, well, but let's... what a perfect setup, Mike. <laughs> I do love that, and I do appreciate that. Thank and you. we are again talking Castlevania. This is the video game we're covering this month for Spooktober. Uh, and I'll just ask you guys up top, like, what's your history with the games, the franchises, the soundtracks, you know, things like that? Can you name a bunch of Belmonts? Mike, Castlevania. You want me to name some Belmonts? All right, we're going to go <laughs> Leon, Victor, Hector, Richter, Trevor. Simon. Ooh. Simon. Interesting. And, yeah, I, that's where I blanked. Mike, you might be super normie on this, or not super normie, super niche, I want to say, because as a guy who also loves Castlevania, you might have just listed the best Belmonts in order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did kind of go through the timeline because I, I did a refresher, but yeah, you know, they're, they're great. From this day forth, the Belmont clan will hunt the night, Leon Belmont. And that stuck with you, Mike. You played these games. This was something you did as a kid. Some of them were backseat. Uh, the first one I actually, I'm sure I saw like Castlevania on the NES, but like Symphony of the Night was the one that really stuck with me. And that's my favorite. So uh, that was a lot of backseat. Like my older cousin played it, but I just love the art, the design. It, it's just so sick. So and the soundtrack. So we'll get into that. But um, Jacob, what about you, uh, your Castlevania background? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably the most normie of, of us three when it comes to that, because I I mean, I played, I think, some of the games, but it's been a long time. And I, I do remember Symphony of Night of the Night the best, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was into those kind of games, but I wasn't like super in it. Like the way I play games is I get bored of them very easily and I never finish the campaigns and stuff. So Metroidvania type games never really held my interest because um, I'm just dumb like that. But um, Symphony of Night, I remember being really good, so... Yeah, those Metroidvania is really like you got to be a self starter to like want yeah. to explore. Like you um, got to backtrack and exactly, yeah. um, Colin. Uh, I think you also have maybe more experience playing the games than I do. So I'd like to hear kind of your your background on this series. Maybe I do, but first I am just so touched in the heart to be joined by two men of great taste. The fact that you're both like, well, you know, Symphony of the Night, like. Uh, gamers rise up right here because you guys are real gamers, bros. <laughs> you're mentioning the yeah. best gamer game in the franchise. You're real gamer girls. Uh, you're doing that Twitch stream now, Jacob, and trying to sell your bathwater, which is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really um, uh, it turned the gaming world upside down in more ways than one. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's hey. the coolest game. It's lasted the longest. I'll go ahead and tip my hand before we talk about the video game section. It's my favorite as well. So it looks like normies get ready. We're going to be talking about that one a lot. It's going to be uh, a love fest for Symphony. Yeah, that's <laughs> like one be? of the most critically acclaimed, right? One of the most and celebrated well, one, games of all time. Yes. Yeah, and a you know fun fact is you know it's the first game in the series to feature a protagonist that's not a Belmont and that doesn't use a whip. So. It's interesting that it is Ooh. like the fan favorite in many ways. We're going to talk also so much about that. Mike. Divergent. Uh, yeah, we're going to so we'll get there later. So much about that. I'm literally <laughs> drooling. There's blood coming out of my fangs right now. But my history with it, uh, I'm obsessed with Castlevania games. I was trying to think like when they first came into my life. Like when you think about a lot of video games, like when was the first time you played one? I have no idea. You know, you can't pin down these early NES games with these sort of memories. I'll also say this. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I didn't own this game. You know, I played it a bunch, maybe through renting through like uh, a male babysitter who was like in high school who just had it. Like, did you guys have a lot of NES games? Not really, right? For me, it was my my older cousins, like they, my one group, they had the Nintendo consoles. So that's where the early Castlevanias popped up. But the PlayStation era, that's when my cousins had Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But Mike, did yeah, they I even don't... own a lot? Because, you know, games were so expensive. Like, Jacob, even when your parents would get you one for the Nintendo, it was still like 80 bucks for one of those cartridges that just played Pong, and your dad would be like, you only get Mario and Duck Hunt. You know, enjoy it. Yeah. It's a was twofer. This, uh, was Symphony of Night, was there like a Game Boy version of that? Because I, I don't know if, if I recall. Like, I think I played it on Game Boy, but that might have been a different one. Well, Game Boy the Advanced, main one is a PlayStation. A yeah, PlayStation. It's the first CD-ROM-based game for them. Yeah. yeah, well, I didn't have a PlayStation 1. Um, I had a, a Super NES, and then I had a, a, a N64, and then I had a GameCube, and then I had a, an Xbox 360. So There's no way I you was, were getting a Castlevania 64, right? No way. Oh, no, man. No, <laughs> no. Um, so I didn't really have a PlayStation until PlayStation 4, but uh, I did go to my friend's house and play his games a lot, um, including uh, Symphony of Night, I believe. But I also played uh, Rampage, and I really like that game, Rampage. Ah, okay, that's a that's a uh, for the kaiju month, maybe one yeah. day. I love yeah. that side appreciation. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, Castlevania. It's just like we last last year we talked Resident Evil. So if you want to listen to our game segment from last year, we did Resident Evil. That's a Capcom release. Now we have one of the other heavy hitters is Castlevania, and that's obviously uh, Konami. Um, but I don't know if we want to jump into the games right now, or if we got a little bit more to cover. But I'm ready to sink my fangs into the uh, blood of the Belmont clan. Ooh, I'm ready, Mike. We're back. We're uh, we're we're a couple of pixels. We're moving sideways. We're choosing which path we're going because, guys, we're invading the castle. We're talking the games Castlevania. A uh, little bit of history, of course. You know, when you're talking Castlevania, you have to talk about the fact that it is called Castlevania. Uh, would you guys believe, of course, that that is not the original title? <laughs> I I would believe it, but I would love for the normies out there to know the real title. <laughs> 
Uh, the Japanese title, of course, is Akumaju Dracula, which basically translates to Dracula's Satanic Castle. So that was not coming over here. <laughs> so the history of Castlevania is a little strange because you also have to talk about that. You have to talk about uh, Kid Dracula, which is its own, you know, franchise, oh, side yeah. franchise over there. You have to talk about Castlevania, which is the main franchise here in America. Like, it gets a little murky, guys. That's the niche. That, that yeah. would be a pretty dope name, though. Uh, Kid Dracula? <laughs> no, the Satanic Castle. Dracula so Satanic So the thing with castle. that is, right, because Dracula or Dracula Satanic Castle, Castlevania, as we know, it was released on a Nintendo console. They're like, we do not want, like, any religious ed- edgelorddom. So when they brought it over to the U.S., they had to drop the whole satanic thing. And that's no, it makes sense. It'd just be really yeah. dope if that yeah, was a good the name. Band name, yes. The other thing about Castlevania series is the canon is very strange because there's like a skewed timeline, and then there's been games that have been in and then out of the timeline, and yes. things that conflict. So the timeline is like notoriously like convoluted it's hard uh i loved earlier like i said that you named so many belmonts though like uh, mm-hmm. a hard staple of the series is character like you have to give it that like it does have really cool yep. leads really cool supporting characters and then from there you've got a cool mythology we'll talk a little bit about the time jumps mike we'll we'll talk about how they work themselves here into a corner but let me say yeah. first <laughs> uh, it was created by hitoshi akamatsu he was the original director, Konami, 1986. Uh, he brings that game to Japan. They love it. They bring it to America two years later as Castlevania. So that's yeah, and like the horror references, like even in the end credits, they had names like Rand St- Stroker and <laughs> Boris Karloff as Christopher B and Bello Lugosi. So oh, they were shouting that stuff out nice. in the credits. Oh, Mike, you want to talk about cinematic? Uh, here's my claim, real quick, because we have to give it up to Hitoshi. He was so interested in the genre of gothic horror and stuff like that. And he was like, why don't people make games about werewolves, Frankenstein, you know, Igor, friggin' Hunchbacks of Notre Dame. Like, literally, he's casting the super wide net. Medusa. Medusas. (laughs) Yeah, skeleton warriors, you know, Ray Harryhausen stuff. Really bad shit. So, he's so inspired by movies. Mike, look up the original title screen of Castlevania from 1986. When you look at it, there's film holes at the top because it's he made it so that it's a real. He wants you to believe that you're literally living out a monster movie. It, like I said, it's the first cinematic game experience. The other thing that I really... Oh, it does have the film reels. What I, I love about this, too, is it's like similar to uh, Miyazaki and the Dark Souls series. It's like a Japanese take on Western or European tropes. Um, so it, you got like the anime kind of styled heroes, but like... It's it's horror like it's pretty creepy, especially when you're young, like the atmosphere, the music, the enemy types like it does a really good job of being a spooky little side scrolling action game. Oh, you're talking the music, Mike. I mean, he had so little data to work with, you know, with the original ports and cartridges that he was literally using every ounce of data that they had left to work the soundtrack for extra boops, pistols, you know, things like that, little noises to make Mm -hmm. it sound very symphonic, very uh, worldly and again, gothic and interesting and dark and emotional and tone like like who was doing stuff like that? Yeah, eight eight bit pipe organ. Go ahead, Jacob. With uh, yeah, for like MIDI. Um, type recording music like that like um, that's those are some of like the best soundtracks of any game ever right 
And some of those uh, lead lines it. from the original game are still being used now. Like they just maintain like the Zelda theme. They're just still around right. because they were so uh, the best. The thing with Midian, yeah, the one that I really know is the uh, Bloody Tears, right? Oh, classic. Ooh. Yeah, that's like the that's a great song. And there's so many different versions because they always like would make a, di- a new version for each game. And so there's like actually there's a YouTube like you can watch on YouTube like a compilation of every version from every game, and it's pretty cool. I guess that's the advantage of MIDI is like you had to have like a simple but like catchy like lead line. You only had so many instruments and then that's just what sticks with you. So good on them. That's really cool. You really had to squeeze the most out of your data back then. And like even if you look at the pixel art, like it's pretty impressive for 1986. Yeah, it's not freaking bad, right? Uh, And I mean, so far we've only talked about the first game and the mechanics of it. So let's talk about that real quick. Because again, you know, kind of genre or industry pushing at the time. He creates a game. You know, people now talk about the Metroidvania. Uh, that's really something that, again, doesn't really come around till Symphony of the Night, where you have a completely established landscape that you can loop back towards and gain more abilities to free move and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. The original mm-hmm. Castlevania is on rails, but it is a choose-your-own-adventure. Like, that's the cool thing about it. As you move as Simon, you go, okay, I'm storming the castle's gate here. I got to the entrance of Castlevania. Now it says I can either go down to the basement dungeon or go up the mm-hmm. stairs towards like, you know, the, you know, some sort of like sanctuary or something like that. What do I do here? And as an early little kid, Colin Brooks, who's like literally sitting on his babysitter's bed playing this and being like, oh my God, what do I do here? And then a skeleton kills me 10 seconds later. Like, yeah, it's the, it's so thrilling, dude. Yeah. And then that's like the Dark Souls thing. It's skeleton kills you 10 seconds later. But it's like, I'm so used to Mario running left to right. Now I have a choice. Like, please oh don't God. put this much responsibility on my 10-year-old brain. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. Can we talk about iconic so, stuff too? Uh, you know, his little barbarian figure moving around. What do you guys think? I want your opinion. Jacob, is the whip a cool instrument? Something called the vampire killer to kill monsters. A whip. I think it is pretty cool. Um, and because you can do different variations of it, you have like the morning star, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, um, yeah dude. And you can have different things on the end of it. And, um, you know, just like kind of how the Belmonts kind of pass down. And that's like the family traditional weapon that they use to kill vampires. Like very, very cool. Very cool. I think the whip is, it's definitely iconic. Uh, my hot take might be that I don't love it. Um, Ooh, hit me, Mike. But I don't know. It's just like, how effective could like the whip be like you ever accidentally hit yourself with a bull whip messing around like it hurts but you know yeah, but they're they're experts they're trained and they're magic you know because like i love the lore behind it and like how leon belmont made it he had to sacrifice his true love sarah it's like yeah i like the lore behind the whip and that it's passed uh, down i like the heirloom and i will say like, i don't know you say thing. that to dr henry jones jr's face that's all i'll say <laughs> Okay. I will say, like, we'll talk about the show later, but the way they animate the the fight scenes with the whip and stuff, like, they use it in some pretty innovative, like, interesting Fucking ways. Fucking badass. And Jacob, to that yeah. point, I used to think as a kid, the only thing stopping them from making a feature film is the whip aspect, that they would just right. have mm. never figured when you go that animated, part of it's it. Like, but when you go animated, it. it's astounding. But let's yeah. talk about the game for a second. Yes, Mike, sir. Yes. the whip comes about through a constraint again. It's the least amount of pixels that they needed to animate while still spreading something out. It couldn't look like a sword, so they said, let's just make it a whip. Oh, my God. See, I didn't know that, and now I like the whip because it's See, like some of the, some of the best uh, 
yeah, best uh, creative decisions ever made were made because of limitations and, and things like oh, that. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah, we were walking on the same path, Jacob, exactly. And they had this Decided. entire, I mean, you know, part of what the game is known for is sub-weapons as well, right? They've got the Holy Cross, the knife, the axe, all things that, guess what, you end up seeing in Super Smash Brothers when he's adapted. But uh, some other things, you're talking constraints, Jacob. They had all these plans in the original game, like like the director was like, okay, so he'll find a weapon that when you use it, it turns him into a werewolf for one of the levels, and then he'll walk around and kill people like that. They're like, no, you can't. It's like, it's not working, guys. Right. <laughs> but now you can be do, two levels long. Yeah, you can do anything now. So like, it's almost like back then they were coming up with more original things because they were so limited. Same with like movies and stuff like the movie jaws is a famous example. Like they had to show the shark less because of budgetary reasons. And now it's like, you know, think technology has went to a level where it's like, they can do all that stuff. Um, so I wonder if, you know, that had, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I think the other trend. Yeah. Like we talked about the film reference and how even the title screen has like a film reel on top of it. A lot of the games like in the 80s were basically just ripping off movies like Metal Gear, famously copying. Um, uh, it's like Snake Plissken and stuff or Escape oh, from New sure. York. Yeah, um, people are just like, hey, I love this movie. Let me make a game version of that because video games are brand new, basically. So this is our spooky horror vampire fest game. And oh, it's I'm a great literally franchise. reading Bram Stoker's Dracula and dreaming about playing it. And it's like, all right, we'll fucking do it. And he makes it and it's awesome. But I don't want to talk about Castlevania anymore. Like, let's move down the line. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Uh, Mike, this is again where we're talking about the timeline where things get a little murky. So in mm-hmm. the first game, they win. You know, Simon beats Dracula. What yeah. do you do after that? <laughs> how do you make a how sequel often, to that game? How often does this castle come around? Exactly. Oh, yeah. So they're screwed. They kill yep. Dracula. And he's like, okay, so there's the timeline we've established in the first game is Castlevania, Dracula's castle itself, which is a labyrinthian maze of otherworldly magic that houses all the demons and all the bad things in the world that Dracula has gathered together for his army, right? Mm -hmm. You're Simon Belmont. You're part of the Belmont clan. It is your duty, since you are around while it is the hundred-year mark, to storm the castle and motherfucking kill Dracula. You win. Bust out the whip. (laughs) Bust out the whip. You win. The second game, they don't want to make it contemporary yet, so the director's like, well, no, we're not moving 100 years forward. Like, we <laughs> cannot do that. That doesn't make oh, any true. sense. So they, yeah, the premise. Yeah, it's, it, they screw themselves. They shoot themselves in the foot, truly, by, yeah, I never by thought about that. putting too much up. It, it sucks, and it's what makes me nervous about the anime that we'll talk a little later where it's like, uh, you know, like, are you going right. to honor that promise as well? I don't know. Right. So, so what straight they out do, the gate, the timeline's getting weird. Yeah. yeah, straight out. By the second game, Mike, so Simon's quest, the actual quest that they're talking about is he's cursed. He he uh, was like too bold after uh, killing Dracula and too like uh, mean-spirited and brought shame to the Belmont clan. Dracula has cursed him. You need to return to Castlevania, dig up his bones, exercise his soul... And then you'll win. So it's only like a couple years later and it's like, oh, easy enough. Like we can absolutely do that. Yeah. And it sucks. A lot of people do not like this game. It's panned. It's one of like the most like, like fans are down on Simon's quest uh, for sure. Do you think Simon is a good Belmont? Like, where does he rank in your no, hierarchy? No. Um, in fact, I do not. If you're like me uh, and you're one of the guys 
in the community who, when the Super Smash Brother ones were announced, they chose Simon, and then for his Shadow, aka alternate character, they chose Richter. Mm-hmm. And those are truly the two worst Belmonts by story association because Simon is bold, gets fucked up, and gets screwed over and causes the curse to return. That's the entire point of the yep. second game. So he's a fucking fuck up. And then Richter, yeah. uh, Mike, to your point earlier, we'll talk a little bit about Symphony of the Night, but you play as Alucard, who is yep. Dracula's son, who has taken on that name to go against him, blah, blah, blah. What you yep. find out, spoiler, by the end of that game, is actually Richter Belmont was also prideful and an asshole and has been possessed by Castlevania itself. You kill him and then you get to play the game over as Richter, but still you're like, those are the douchebag Belmonts. Yeah, they're the ones that fuck the shit up. Like they could not maintain like order after defeating evil. They just kind of both got corrupted. Dracula or, wins. You know? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're the least accomplished of the Belmonts. I, I agree 100%. Maybe that's a hot take though. Let us know, normies. Absolutely not. But we'll lead into my favorite one. Can we talk about uh, the third game then, Dracula's Curse? This one does move things a little forward. It is Simon's grandson, I want to say, something like that. I can't remember how Trevor Trevor? falls, but this is Trevor Belmont. This is the basis of the anime. And Trevor Belmont is the the coolest Belmont. I like Trevor, and I like Leon. I think they're they're, they're close. Leon's Leon's also a very good Belmont. Yeah, yeah. But it's toss-up. So we got Trevor, and he's out here busting out the whip. And again, so Dracula's Curse, this is the third game. Uh, we're still not at Super Nintendo. Is that blowing anybody's mind that by this point, Castlevania is so popular, we get three games for the NES. Yeah, I've never played any of these ones. <laughs> that is remember. wild, though, that yeah, they got three releases on the NES alone. Yes, and I hate to sidetrack us, but I kind of want your guys' opinion on this. It's interesting that they have such a history with the NES itself, but no Castlevania game exists on the NES Online, which is Nintendo's service where you can play all of their NES games. Now, the reason that that is is because Konami sells a Castlevania Legacy collection separate. My question to you guys is, and I was thinking about this today, do you think we're going to reach a territory with video games like we are with movie streaming services where people are owning the rights and not licensing them out? Uh, If I can jump in, I 100% think that that is what's happening. You look at things like Google Stadia and even the way like the PC gaming market is going where there's Steam and Epic Games creating their own like divisions in the sand of what they own and offer with their services. I could totally see once internet speeds catch up and it's able to stream games, it's just going to be the same thing as Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu and yeah, CBS we're Konami. That's us. We don't care about you, Nintendo. Like, right, Jacob? Like, why would Microsoft ever start licensing things that used to be part of companies that they owned to other competitors? Right. Well, that's kind of happening to a certain extent now, right? Um, yeah, and like I agree with what Mike said. Like, you look at Fortnite. You can only play Fortnite um, if you're. Uh, well, if you're playing on PC, you can only play it through the Epic Games player. But they also, of course, do have a cross-platform. I think the idea of like, well, you'll sell way more copies if you also have it on other platforms. We'll keep it so that most things will still be shared. But you still get like PlayStation um, exclusives and things like that. Um, so it does happen today for sure. I would like to do an over-under while we're on the discussion of availability of games. Do you guys know how many different consoles? Castlevania has been released on 
Oh, I love this question, uh, Mike. I'm going to guess nine. Nine? Colin, what's Ooh, your guess? That's so good. I'm just going to free range it just because I can think of some of them. Sega, computer, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Nintendo 64, oh, NES, Super Nintendo. I'm going to say 15. Ooh, wow. You're both south. The number is 23. Think all the different Ooh. Game Boys and I forgot portables. how many consoles existed. I think that's my There's problem. been a couple arcade cabinets as well, but I don't want to get too far into the weeds. But yeah, 23 different consoles have had Castlevania games. So you could see a future where they're like, well, you know, if it's that popular, why don't we just self-distribute maybe down yeah, the road? And like Konami has been point, not my favorite. No. And again, but Mike, you're so right. But Konami can say, hey, we're Konami. So why do we keep reinventing the wheel when the Castlevania wheel is something where we have something that was on 25 different systems? <laughs> like, we can port the shit out of this and people are going to keep buying it. And Konami is one of those companies that ever since the break with Kojima, who we'll touch on later in the history of the games, uh, I have not been a fan of their business model. And they haven't been inventing anything. In fact, the creator of Symphony of the Night, not to jump too far ahead, he had to kickstart a, a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night because Konami's not doing shit with the property. And it pisses me off. We need new Castlevania. But for now, let's get back to Castlevania yeah. 3. I was going to say, yeah, Konami, yeah. Um, they, they suck. And um, thank you. You know, with Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> thank you. Um, first of all, let's not even talk about the Metal Gear Solid game that they released after um, Kojima left. But they yeah. care more about their slot machines in Japan and like gambling machines than they do about video Console. games. Now, like from a business perspective, they make way more money from slot machines and stuff like that uh, in Pachinko. Well, I would care about Pachinko. one if they would just make a Castlevania themed one. Oh, of course they have one. We're going to have to storm Castle Dracula, which is Konami headquarters, and bust out the whip <laughs> and get them to make some new games. Crack that whip. Konami um, killer. All right. So I, let me just, I, let me real quick just kind of sum up what I love about number three, because this is the game yeah, that I, I have the most it. hand-on experience with. This is the one that when I tell people to check out a Castlevania game, this is what I mean, because Symphony of the Night is just something where I'll say, if you just want a really good game. Uh, and I'll tip our hand now. I would love to hear this from you guys as we go on and do this podcast. But if we have a like five level best video games of all time list, Symphony of the Night, number five, Colin Brooks right here going on the list. Mm, you know, for every nice. future gamer, I would recommend and go out, blah, blah. I got to have a Castlevania game representing that. That's the one. But number three, Mike, I mean, this is you've got the classic template that I said where it's the choose your own adventure style. It's up to Trevor. He's got to go fucking bust this castle. He's got to go do it alone. Or wait, does he? This is the game that introduces as you go through the levels, you pick up a follower. You can pick up mm -hmm. uh, Sophie Belnada's. Uh, you can pick up Alucard. You can pick up Grant, a guy who is not in the anime, unfortunately, who I like the very pirate. much, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, a goofy pirate yeah, who's yeah, possessed. <laughs> right. Yeah, you save his soul. And then he's like, hey, I'm a pirate, and I don't like these vampire guys either. Let's team up. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to Mike earlier, and it's like they they didn't have any way to like really make a pirate make sense in the anime, so they just cut him out. Yeah, Maybe a weird tonal uh, oh, difference, I'm sure. But I would argue, though, he is the one black character historically in the franchise, even in the original game, and they do make a different guy black in the in the anime. Why not just have Grant? Grant's a very cool character. Why not just have Grant? But okay, I get it. And he's been in it. Like, come on, give us Grant, but. Yeah. I guess they decided against it. He needs a better name than Grant. He does need a better name than Grant. 
Grant the pirate. Uh, that Grant the pirate. That's not what I think of when I. No. <laughs> yeah, you think of yeah. Hugh Grant, and that's who I would have voice him in the anime. Um, so <laughs> that's all I want to say about that game. Let's go ahead and jump. There are other franchise things like they do eventually get to the Super Nintendo with Castlevania Four. They do eventually get to Sega with Bloodlines, aka Dracula X, and that's the one that introduces uh, Richter Belmont, who I before said is a super jerk. But let's just jump into Symphony of the Night, guys. I just want to hear you take an opinion on it. Why do you guys like this game, Mike? Well, first of all, uh, Rondo of Blood, which was the game before Rondo this, didn't come Blood. out in the U.S. until after Symphony of the Night. So you play the end of Rondo of Blood in that, where you're Richter and you fight Dracula. What is a man? You know, the whole speech. What is a man? And then then the game begins as Alucard, right? And oh, so it's just, good. So cool, the map, they start you off super powered up, and then you fight death, he takes all your powers, so you get a taste of what you can be, and then you start from zero, just like Metroid. It's super sick. Um, design, music, everything's awesome. Alucard is super cool, it's got a sword, I'm not a whip fan, you heard that earlier. And he's an edgelord, he's got silver hair, it was perfect <laughs> for like 13 year old me. <laughs> oh, I love it. Big time. Jacob, though. Yeah, I mean, I agree, Alucard is pretty dope, and... Um, uh yeah, he's he's great. And I what I what is interesting about Symphony of Night that I like a lot about it, it has a lot of like it has some RPG elements, right? So it's a very early a game that has adopted some RPG up. elements. Yeah, he levels up, he gets different powers and items and stuff like that. Um you know, you can turn into like a bird or whatever and bat. a bat, yeah. And I guess that makes Fam- sense a bird a famously <laughs> what vampires turn into. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, you know. Um, and the other thing I just love about it, obviously, is the art. Like when you're just roaming oh, around the castle, so like good. every frame is just like you know a beautiful art. You know, and it's just the music and the the decorations of the different rooms and stuff in the in the monsters. It's just like all so so good. Symphony of the Night in a time. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was right saying in a time when everybody was, yeah, they were racing to do 3D in this era. It was like, nah, 2D pixel art. It's going to be some of the most beautiful yeah. shit you've ever seen. Like, yes, it. Mike, Absolutely. stealing it from me. Hand-drawn sorry. cells for the pixel arts, but that early PlayStation 1 3D graphics for the backgrounds that like doesn't bug me and like really makes me feel nostalgic at this point. Yeah, and this is like, it's two different kind of people running the show here. Um, where it's Igarashi and Hagihara kind of were co-running this. Igarashi went on to do take over the series from then on, but this was seen as a spinoff, so they were allowed to experiment. That's why there wasn't a Belmont. That's why there wasn't a Whip, because they're like, yeah, let's just kind of get weird. And they added the map and the RPG stuff, which I love because I was an RPG gamer before, like an action gamer. So. Yeah. yeah, to me it was like it when you compare it to other games that were coming out around the same time, it just seems so much more advanced where you have to like you have to look at the map to see like where you're trying to go and you have to backtrack to get, you know, a different item and go through the same place a couple times and the RPG elements like, you know, most like side scrolling type games weren't doing any of that, you know. No, not at that time. And like you said, it had this adult sophisticated feel where truly, I mean, you're not joking. You get that map out and you're like, I have to figure out where this is. There is no internet yeah. for me to really look up what's going on. I have to remember what the characters say that I interact with because the tips are kind of like that early hard video game style as well. Fucking right. incredible. 
Yeah, it and like they said, we want to design the map to encourage you to explore and backtrack. And as you get new powers, it's like, okay, now I can get through that door, get across the water, things like that. And that's exactly how Metroid was built. And that's this is where we get the Metroidvania catchphrase, as Colin said earlier. Uh, and isn't it bullshit, though, that it's like, this is the game that's the best in the series, and it breaks the rules of the series. Don't you love when everybody's like, well, my favorite one's the one that bastardizes everything. Well, what rules yeah. does it break? It's no the, Belmont, no whip. No oh, Belmont, right, no whip. Yeah. You've got the sword. It's not free range, like we said, where it's the choose your own adventure. And let's let's talk about the protagonist. Guys, let's talk about Alucard, yes. who takes the name. That is a title. Alucard, of course, Dracula backwards. He is Adrian Fahrenheit Tepes. He is the only son of Dracula. He is a dampier. Vlad Tepes. Yeah. He is a dampier. I'm a dampier. I'm not a vampire, dad. I'm a dampier, damn it. Uh, And what that term means is half human, half vampire. So essentially a daywalker like Blade, kind of. It would weaken him, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I was always obsessed with the fact that his middle name is Fahrenheit. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) It was just one of those things. (laughs) Hot-blooded. That is... (laughs) <laughs> like that is if that's the reason that was just one of those details where you would open the booklet that would used to come in the jewel <laughs> cases of video games where that was the only information you had about the video game that you bought especially early playstation one games you know with that little green siding on the jewel case you'd crack it open mm-hmm. you'd pull that out and it would say uh alucard adrian fahrenheit tepes has chosen to rise up against his father after you know putting himself in a coma for a hundred years and waking up to a changed world. And you're like, what? Oh, just as a young man, Whoa. like that was every, that was a, that was a J.R.R. Tolkien book to me, that little booklet. Yeah. And you're flipping through these on the ride home, just imagining the adventure you're going to go on. Yes. Like, from the store where you then. bought it, Mike. Yes. A hundred percent. We need, you get that fresh plastic smell. I miss physical media. Like maybe it's just we're, we're old heads or something, but it was, it was a yeah. trip. But they do the old switcheroo, similar to Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. It's like, hey, you're Richter. Psych. But it, it works in a good way this time. Right. Yeah, because I'd agreed. have been pissed if I played Richter the whole time. Yeah, agreed. You're Richter, whose cell, for some reason, never matches his anime cutout headshot that's speaking. Uh, he has blue hair and a headband. Nope, he's got black hair and he's not wearing a headband. <laughs> As a kid, I was like, this is bullshit. I fucking hate this. Video games are for kids, yeah. <laughs> I like the setup, though, where it's like... Alucard's mom is like burned at a stake for being a witch and that's like the inciting incident right where Dracula's like fuck humanity I'm gonna kill all of them and then Alucard's like dad stop and you are going to love this anime so fucking much it's like that is the it's the way that they capture the relationship between a son who knows his father is a monster but still respects him to the point of knows that he was a creature of the world of great importance is beautifully mm-hmm. told in the anime. Yeah, I'm excited to get onto that section in a little bit here because I know Jacob's spoken very highly of it. I still haven't yeah. seen it. You seem to like it. So I want to ask be Colin, there. Um, not to jump ahead to it yet, but do Trevor and Alucard, do they interact like in the games? Um, or is that just like an anime, the, for the animated show, they just decided to kind of combine them in the same story? Exact same style of the third video game where each compatriot that you interact with, like when you meet Silpha and when you meet Grant, Silpha has her hood up. You don't know that she's like a lady even till the end of the game. And then if you choose her to be your companion, you're holding hands at the end and she pulls it down and she's a girl and you're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> But if you go a different way, you end up fighting a wolf 
uh, which does end up turning into Alucard, who says, I'm here to beat my father, you know, and little tiny. You seem pretty bottom. strong, buddy. You seem strong, buddy. Let's team up. And from there, he yep. is your compatriot where you beat Dracula at the end oh. of the third game. So exactly the That's same. The third game. So Grant is probably running around out there in the Castlevania anime, still is that deformed man beast, <laughs> just waiting to be rescued. Help me, Trevor. <laughs> Maybe season three they'll introduce him. Could be, it's, yeah, because like, it was like a boss that you defeated who then their soul would convert oh, to their cool. form. And they're like, oh, thank you for saving me. Let's do some Yeah, and that's exactly like in the show, like when Alucard and Trevor first meet, they have a fight scene and then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's team up. It sounds fairly accurate then. I got yeah. to definitely check out that series. Um, the other stuff, like I think it's, I don't want to go too hard on Symphony of the Night, but I want to mention things like, the hidden upside down castle. Like, did you guys discover this as kids? Yes, 100%. You know that this exists? No, not uh, as a no, kid. I'm a, I'm a, I <laughs> no. was a very dumb kid and I was bad at video games, so no. Yes. So if you fulfill certain conditions and get like the true ending, the game doubles in size where the castle flips upside down and now you traverse it while it's upside down. This is years before Stranger Things. Yeah, and uh, there's harder nice. enemies and new bosses and shit. And so that's it's awesome. like... You could just have twice the game. Um, maybe consider it a little lazy because it's like, what if I flipped it over? All right, we're good. But I thought it was amazing when we found out, like my cousin unlocked it and it was like, holy shit, there's a whole other half of this game. You fight Richter at the end and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't over? And very, that is where cool. it starts its trend, Mike, that it will have in future games, which from here, after Symphony of the Night, we, we'll kind of just do shout outs, I think, of just ones you kind of want to bring up. But in that game you could enter names, and if you entered Richter, you could play as Richter. So you would play that upside-down stuff traversing as a Belmont, using a whip. You know, again, they were giving you everything. And again, that's why it's the best. Yeah, and like they also like reference some stuff, too. Like There's a spell that talks about Vlad the Impaler. There's a, a stone mask, which is a reference to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where the uh, antagonist Dio gets a stone mask that turns him into a vampire. So, like, they're throwing Easter eggs in there, too, to those of a keen eye. I don't even think we had JoJo in the States at that time, but it was in the game. No, it's also uh, the only cool. one to bring over bad guys from Kid Dracula, which, like I said before, is its own franchise, sort of, in that it had a lot of the same creative team making kid-friendly games for the Game Boy that just followed this formula. So then, in Simply the Night, they're like, let's take some of those bad guys, put them in that as a little joke. Yeah, and the last thing I want to mention, which is great because you can just bring them into the Upside Down. Um, I love that, um, like, Psycho Mantis and Metal Gear Solid, he'll mention if you have a Symphony of the Night save. And he'll be like, oh, you like Castlevania, don't you, when he's reading your mind. Um, but this was so successful, and there was, you know, sequels and subsequent Castlevania games, but Igarashi had to make his new game Bloodstained through Kickstarter. Um, I don't yeah. want to talk about that explicitly. It seems to have not gotten the critical reception. Oh, uh, I did hear about that. Yeah, but it, it got made. Like people like this game enough to fund. I think there's almost ten times out. his budget. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a couple spinoffs of it, I believe. Yeah. So I don't know, Jacob, Colin, do you have any other thoughts on Symphony of the Night? Um, I don't want it to take over this entire thing, but I thought, yeah, it's, it's the best. It's fucking best. Go just play it. Normies, again, if you have not played it and you're like, what are just some of the best video games of all time? This is going to end up being on one of the lists anyways. It's Spooktober, baby. Throw in a spooky game. It's top 10 at a minimum. And that's really being conservative with its ranking of all time. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. What about the next kind of era, the post, the post um, Symphony of Night era? So you what end up with uh, a lot of bad stuff. Like I said, Castlevania 64, um, it's their first 3D, not top down, I guess just what would you say third person just right behind the character yeah, mic. the shoulder um, kind of. That's a style that they will develop. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, what uh, Kojima himself ends up doing for this franchise and making it beautiful in his own bizarre, ugly way. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, it gets a new life, I would say, in the mobile world. You're moving to the Game yeah. Boy Advanced a lot, where you get my favorite game of the franchise, Circle of the Moon, which was like tarot card based. And again, you're not even playing oh, yeah. a, uh, a Belmont. You're playing... Uh, Barristan Marlowe, I believe, is the guy's name. Something goofy like that. Um, and then yeah. from there, you know, it's it's getting this new series. Like, the DS itself really gave Nintendo new stuff to do with it as well. Because, like, games like Aria of Sorrow and, like, Portrait yep. of Ecclesia and things like that where they were like, okay, we want to use so many features. And this is a franchise, again, that we're Nintendo that we just have our hands all over. Like, let's use it. Let's do Portrait of Ruin. And like the gimmick will be that you can just keep changing characters or using the stylus or just like flipping and moving things, people interacting with it. Um, I was a fan of these games. And again, they do kind of continue the story. So it is weird. Like uh, Jacob, one of the characters in Portrait of Ruin is a girl whose last name is Belmont. She's a twin. But she can use magic because she's obviously Selfie Belnada's great, 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 great granddaughter oh. because her and Trevor did end up hooking yeah. up together. So she's got a little of that Belnada's magic in her. Sure, like, sure, it's pretty sure. cool. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, these must be the ones that I remember playing on Game Boy. Uh, actually, Arya Sorrow, that title sounds really Dope familiar. Game. So I think that must have been the one that I really played. Was that on Game Boy Advance? That might have been the DS, I believe, but that was what a a lot of people, oh really, that was one that a lot of people consider the Symphony of the Night successor. Again, you're playing a new character, it switches to Japan, and it goes to the future. Like for once, we move forward in time in the Castlevania universe, past even present contemporary times. So it's like, you're a new guy who's like the perfect reincarnation of a body that could house the soul of Dracula. Like we're getting into that level goofy myths. It gets a little unwieldy again, but I I fucking love it guys. I played maybe every one of these games. And that was a game boy advance for Aria of Sorrow. Oh wow. I think that, yeah, the 2d artwork on these like really lend itself to like the mobile space, especially in the console wars of 3d, everything. Um, I want to kind of, go to a PlayStation release quickly. Um, and that's going to be um, Lament of Innocence, which was like a decent 3D one. And this is the one with Leon, which sets up the story. Have you played this? I was going to say or Michael Dickon? or Michael. I just called you Michael. I'm so sorry. Right. <laughs> Mike, Am I in trouble? Uh, you're, yes, you are. Uh, because you just named one of the cooler ones story wise. I'm about to blow your guys mind. So mm-hmm. what this game does is introduce, like you said, the character that comes from the crusades he's the first belmont who's never even killed a monster before he's just done right by god and he has a best friend who works with the church with him who's a little more alchemical or you know works with alchemy whatever he's a tactician as well exactly uh and he has the love of his life who he's about to go home and see 
goes home, sees her. She's been abducted by a local vampire. All signs point to it's this person in this castle. He's going to go get them. Uh, and from there, you get the entire, like, it suffers from prologue syndrome, but you just get the entire background of everything. Here's your your whip, Master Belmont. We call it the alchemy whip. You know, oh, I think it would be stronger and maybe even kill vampires if it had the soul of one of your loved ones in it. And you're like, oh, okay, he's probably not going to end up saving his girlfriend. Maybe this big mm-hmm. you know, monster he's hunting is going to end up being Dracula. No, twist, it is his best friend who sells his soul to like, absorb all magics and demons and become Dracula. And then you're like, oh, that's not really how I know Dracula and fictions. So I don't really like that. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any it's experience with this weird. game? It's, it's, it's super yeah, anime is, is what I will say. Lament of yeah, Innocence. This is correct. Yeah. So Lament of Innocence, yeah. It does have that prequel syndrome because it's like um, his buddy, the tactician, I can't remember his name right now, but he also loses a loved one. And he blames God. So he's like, if God can give humanity a limitation, I will rise above God and be immortal. So he strategizes the whole time to make a jewel to absorb the Dracula power. Once they kill the main vampire, he like sucks up the power and he's like, now I'm going to be Dracula. And then I've decided to be Dracula. Yeah. So Belmont's like, you were my friend. And you just wanted to be Dracula, and now all of my ancestors are going to hunt you down forever. And that's the same Dracula that we see in Symphony of the Night. So it's a little weird of a setup, it's but that's so what we're dealing with for the rest of the series all the way it's from 86 nuts. on. Very anime, though. But I had to shout that out. That's where you get the whip. Um, his Sarah is uh, Leon's girl. She gets bit by the vampire, and so because she's tainted... And he's a love. She's a loved one. That's how the whip gets its true power. Is she must be sacrificed, and it's a whole anime. Oh, I don't I want anyone soul. to suffer because yeah. of me. No, exactly. And then for the, keep yeah. in mind for the rest of the future franchise, the vampire killer, the name of the whip that is passed down, like you said, from Belmont to Belmont. Every one of them picks it up. I feel a holy, good powered soul, you know, inside this. That's Sarah, who's just you know living inside that whip now. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> It's like the Millennium Falcon in that robot. It's Mike. It is so much. It is the solo <laughs> of Castlevania series. Literally, even <laughs> how you it. summed it up with the fact that a guy's like, hey, fuck you. You're my arch nemesis now. And all of my family members for the rest of the time are going to fuck with you. It's like, oh, well, great, you idiot. That's me. <laughs> I think that game's in the 1100s. And then the very first Castlevania in 86 is like in the 1400s. So it's like 400 years later and they're still at yeah. it again. Yeah. Three Belmonts have had to deal with this asshole Leon's mistakes. <laughs> but you know, Exactly. Yeah, you see a really cool portrait of him put up in the anime, Mike. You do not get the Dracula background, so I do like that. I think it's fine to keep it to, you know, Trevor and Alucard, you know, in the main story, but at least they shout it out. So um, that's all I wanted to say kind of about what's maybe the main line stuff. Um it, unless you have more to say about some of the DS releases, because there's also now the Kojima stuff. No, because I, I was going to say, the I want to go there now, because really, other than that, you only have these games, the Kojima games, outside of the continuity of Castlevania, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Besides the Bloodstained. And so I guess to set up the Kojima games with Jacob, did you know Kojima made Castlevania games, Hideo Kojima? No, no, I didn't know that. So he made kind of a... A rebirth of the series. I think this is PlayStation 3. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, 
it's a separate canon, like kind of a reboot universe with a completely new character, uh, Gabriel Belmont. But it's a, a 3D action game, kind of think God of War meets Castlevania. There's like large scale bosses oh, and quick time events. That is 100 what it's based on, Mike. This is Castlevania: yeah. Lords of Shadow. And again, a little background: Laments of Innocence bombed, Mike, and that was their first. We're putting all of our goodwill into a 3D game. Castlevania 64, that was an experiment for them. You know, that, that means Simon's nothing. Quest and that one, stinkers. Boo, exactly. Uh, so uh, Konami was like, this is our bread and butter. It's tanking because we're living in the past. We have one other series that's incredible called Metal Gear. Let's just let that guy do whatever he wants with our series. And what he does is like, all right, I'll fucking twist everything. Gabriel Belmont's the protagonist who, at the end of it, becomes the devil, a.k.a. Dracula, and you realize he was the bad guy kind of the entire time. Uh, He's the Lord of Shadow. He's the Lord of Shadow. Uh, Jacob, he has a son, Trevor Belmont, in that universe that you meet in the second game, but because he is Dracula, Gabriel Belmont, Trevor is Alucard. That's the title he goes by because he's a Dampier. So he's actually trying to kill his father. Uh, it's just twists like that where Kojima, you can see him just being like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like Alucard's like, I'm going to be against my dad, so I should pick his name spelled backwards to make it clear that I'm the inverse of him. Um, That's why this my was name made is Mike in Spain. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Ekim. This was made in Spain with Mercury Stream and Kojima Productions together. So it was made in Spain and it was more inspired by like Guillermo del Toro stuff. So it's like... Still movie related, but it definitely is a departure from like the Bram Stoker kind of Dracula horror. There's some good werewolves in it, though. Shout back to the last week's episode. Good looking werewolves. But some of the boss fights are large scale, but I didn't I didn't really love these. But weirdly, no. they're the most successful Castlevania games as far as sales. It's- that makes sense to me because, again, you have the star power of the creator and the releasing on high-powered consoles where people were saying, this is a AAA release. I will put the marketing into it as a AAA release. And again, it did well mm-hmm. enough to uh, cement a sequel. And like we said, it steals God of War's gameplay. You guys forget that was the most popular. You know, they released a... A skinned version of a nightmare before Christmas where he had that same sort of gameplay. You know, like, guys, they were oh, ripping yeah. that off for everything. Devil May Cry action, action, like, adventure, like, games were huge. And, you know, God of War had a whip sword. It's basically right there. It's basically Castlevania. It's a chain sword. Like, come on. So it's easy for them to jump there. But that's the last, like, new Castlevania we've gotten, correct? Uh, we've got some stuff. There's an upcoming phone game that people have some interest in. The last game I want to shout out is called Harmony of Despair. This is a game that literally last oh. year, it's a mobile game that was originally created for, I believe, the Wii U that, of course, went nowhere, uh, that they have now ported to PlayStation, where if you have PS Now partnered with PS Plus, I think you have to have both because you have to have the online services and their catalog of games, uh, you can play Castlevania Online. And that's my fucking favorite. Like, you can play, I play with my brother a normal Castlevania game. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah, I forgot that there's a multiplayer one. Yeah, that's really sick, actually. And then, um, do you remember um, Harmony of Dissonance? Is this the same or different? This is tied in the same because at this point, they're just rebranding it for every mobile device that they pretty much put Uh, it on. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder, uh, last while we're in the game section, like where 
is the presence besides mobile because as Jacob said earlier, Konami is really leaning into their pachinko and their phone games. They're not really interested in console releases anymore, and I think that's a huge bummer. It's these legacy collections. That's what we're going to see for the future, Mike. Literally, we're waiting on a part two now because Symphony of the Night was not released in the first one and every fan was like, what the fuck? But again, they just released a remaster HD of that on PlayStation 4. They want people to buy that. You have to, they're strategizing all of these releases. So they're just going to end up living in the past. And Smash Brothers is doing all the advertising for them. Hey, remember Castlevania? Here's our worst two characters. (laughs) <laughs> so there's that. Um, I, I think the legacy of Castlevania is one that's as strong and enduring as the Belmont bloodline itself, but as unpredictable for its next appearance as the Castlevania itself. How's that? Beautiful. Who knows where we'll get a new one? <laughs> there's no future, man. That's that's my dour opinion of it. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe the rights will transfer. Hopefully we'll get like a main release. I don't know if we ever will. We did, you know, Capcom's been killing it. You know, the new Devil May Cry was sick. Resident Evil 2 remake was sick. But Konami doesn't seem to, they don't have that focus. So we'll see what happens. But just real yeah. quick, would you guys want it to be 3D or 2D? I mean, if I'm stuck playing a 2D game, but nobody's going to be fucking buying those. Castlevania is every indie game. All the indie game developers yeah. are doing 2D Castlevania likes. I was going to say, like, there's ton. There's like you could release it on Steam and stuff. Like there's so many nostalgia-based 2D platformer type games on Steam now. I guess that's where it's gone. So they would have to kind of find a way to 3D update it. Um, I don't think there's been a great 3D Castlevania because I thought the no. Lords of Shadow were like too derivative of God of War. They're not original at all. What Castlevania used to do was set a trend. So that's uh, all I'm going to say uh, for my last point on the games. I say we hit it to the anime, baby. Uh, you know, for me, we've talked all about Castlevania. Let's watch some Castlevania where there is a future. Net fangs. We're back. We're firing up net fangs, according to Mike, and we're turning on the <laughs> anime of Castlevania. Uh, real quick, we got a shout out. In our Nintendo episode, we talked about Captain N uh, and the Game Masters. That's this entire anime thing where they do a really bad Simon Belmont. That's his first appearance. Throw it out. We're getting rid of that. Go back to that episode, readers, if you want to listen to it. Yeah. We're Everything talking in the Captain anime. N is the worst version of that character on screen. Just truly, yeah, they true. pervert it in every way. It's gross. It's disgusting. Let's talk about something we love. Let's talk about the anime on Netflix that came out in 2017. Uh, to question mark, two seasons, the first very short, the second short as well, only eight episodes. Uh, but will there be a third, Jacob? Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, it was pretty popular and, uh, you know, they left left some some threads hanging that they, they could spin off into a third third series um colin i was gonna say i don't know if i would call it an anime necessarily because you know that's a specific term for you know animation made in japan but it is like an anime um style animation i just don't Derivative know if i specifically call it japan <laughs> animation yeah. The only thing I, I would think own. that is a fair point yeah because people would say oh it's not made in japan heavily inspired produced in the west right but 
It's like if Clearly you don't make you know champagne in the Champagne uh, province of France, it's called you know sparkling. <laughs> a band-aid's wine. a band-aid and a tissue's a tissue to some people. So we yeah, can go ahead and call between, it the anime. Uh, but Samurai yeah. Champloo and Samurai Champagne. Uh, I get you guys. But let me, <laughs> exactly. let me uh, dude bro you guys and say, well, actually, for a second, Netflix themselves does that anime documentary that I believe might be called Made in Japan just about the Netflix anime that they do, Neo Yokio specifically, and Castlevania is featured. So is it an oh, really? anime? Question mark. Well, was it made in Japan or is it made? Because I know that like the showrunners are Americans, right? No, the showrunner, we should talk about the lead producer, Ari Shankar. Ari Shankar, yeah. uh, a Middle Eastern man who is most known for, I would say, for his um, just rated r takes the i wouldn't want to call it the dark universe mike because i don't think tom cruise is going to show up anytime soon oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh yeah his his r-rated uh duct tape version of things power slash rangers probably being the most popular right mm-hmm. uh, and then he did a dread one too huh. well he yeah. did dread um but the dark did power slash dread, rangers yeah, yeah. so oh, gritty movie yep the oh. colin feral one but yeah that's where he's coming from um i haven't seen this yet though but i know you guys are really high on it so you know kind of walk me through like what's great about it and what you guys love about it so a lot of complaints if you remember jacob every article on the planet that came out was this is a bad show when the first season premiered because it was very short uh it ends mike with them just deciding to fight dracula it's basically just about three people coming together I believe it's only six episodes that are each 15 minutes. So yeah, it's six episodes. But I, th- I think the reason for that was they didn't have a huge budget and they just wanted to make the best quality that they could rather than stretching it out. So they limit, you know, they only had six episodes, but the quality of the animation is better, whereas they could have stretched it out and had like worse animation. But, and also they didn't know if they were going to get a second series, but um, it proved to be so popular that they did, right? Thank God. Yeah, I think I under- it's great. Yeah, what I understand is when they set out to make it, they said this is going to be the first good Western adaptation of a video game. Uh, Joe yeah. would disagree with the Mario Brothers movie. Go back and listen to the Mario episode. But <laughs> what about Doom starring The Rock? That's uh, right. That's, I, I would disagree because Dragon. of that as well. <laughs> yeah, you guys all just listed really great <laughs> movies. Um, (laughs) No, I would say, Mike, that this truly does break the curse. When people talk about video game stuff cannot be adapted, again, the original intention was to make the story material cinematic. They have achieved a way to do that because all the tools were there for them. Go figure the vampire video game adaptation didn't suck. Yeah, and I think, like, (laughs) especially as someone who is not super familiar with the story of the the game that it's based on like it it it, it it's great because it re- it remains like um interesting you don't know what's going to happen next all the time um where you know uh yeah i think presenting it in a digestible way too because the story can be so weirdly timey-wimey intertwindy so to just kind right. of recontextualize it in a way that's easy to digest and i'm excited to watch it like yeah, I've i will seen a say- couple of snippets of cu- fight scenes it looks sick yeah, season one, I will say, does feel like a prequel to like the real action of the story, which happens more in season two. So it's like you kind of w- watch the first six episodes. You're like, oh, that was great, but I really want like more. Um, but like then, of course, you can just rolling. watch the second season now. Yeah. Yeah, so you're that's, lucky, it all, it, Mike, yeah, it almost feels like a prequel to the real show. 
Yeah. I'll just, it's like your first D&D session. Like, okay, you all met. Are you ready to go on an adventure? Catch you next week. Mike. Yeah, because okay. it's, like, it's all a big wind up. <laughs> and then the last episode is like a brief Alucard versus uh, Trevor fight. And then it ends and you're like, but I want to see him fight Dracula. Yeah, you're like, no, that's not even what I was going for. But Mike, listen to the setup. The plot is yeah. literally Trevor is a drunk. He's disgraced. He's been thrown out of towns because nobody mm-hmm. believes there are monsters anymore. Everything's been pretty good for a really long time. Thanks to the Belmonts. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody's saying thank you. So he's just going <laughs> he's just going town to town being a drunk jackass. Uh he bumps into C- Silfa Belnades who's a Nordic magic user. She's what they call a speaker. Uh her mm-hmm. tribe writes nothing down. They just memorize it and then speak their stories out loud. Uh which I think's like a really cool That's just cool. like background detail as well. Uh yeah, and they like kind of hit it off and realize that, you know, darkness is rising, especially when Dracula gets scorned because his beautiful wife is taken to the center of town and murdered. <laughs> Burned alive. She's a witch. She's a witch. She consorts she with the, the same devil, as a duck. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, they see science, the religious people see science as as Satanism and, and whatnot. Oh, jeez. And, and the that's first episode, where we go. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the first episode does such a good job of humanizing Dracula, who's played by Graham McTavish, who played like oh, the, sure. the king in uh, Aquaman. He was like the deceased king that they're like the MacGuffin or whatever. He's also known for playing the uh, brutal cowboy character in Preacher. But uh, mm. he he plays a man of science who, again, the, the woman yeah. comes to him and says, you know more than anyone because you've existed longer than anyone. Teach me science as well. And he, he sees that as a curiosity and a love. Right, and so oh, she wow. basically convinces him to be good, and then when she's killed by the, the townspeople, it makes him, you know, do bad things. Oh, it makes him lose his mind. Uh, as we learn in season two, the way that they develop it through storytelling, because we start to get things from the point of view of um, Alucard Moore, who's played by Jacob's favorite from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Gaius Baltar. Gaius Baltar, yeah, the Callis. greatest name of all yeah. time. James Callis, uh, we see his point of view in Dracula's perspective, and he treats it more like dementia almost, the degradation of his soul back into darkness, because it is that he has forgotten how to be a good man. Right. That's a cool way to look at like a vampire or a Dracula character, because you are immortal, it's, right? It's and interesting. A corner. That's awesome. No, that's super fascinating. It's um a very mature and like nuanced take. It's not just Blah, I'm evil. Yeah. It's like I have motivations and right and uh, stuff and like Alucard that. do have Alucard and Dracula. They do have that relationship, and Alucard has like that dilemma where he's like, he's my father, but also I know I have to like kill him and stuff. So it's like very, he's very conflicted. Oh, well. it's Star Wars. It is, Mike. And there's oh, so is, many things yeah. I don't want to spoil. But like <laughs> the, the second hero's journey, season, like poetry. Oh yeah, but the second season final fight, Jacob Wright, like has so much more emotional heartstring because what you said, Mike, because the antagonist is even a character that we can relate to. The characters are so well developed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Hey, story is still king. I mean, even if it's a flashy vampire anime, we need to connect to the characters. Look at how well Thanos did. People like that character, even though he's evil, because he's sympathetic. Yeah, right? that's true. They like a, um, a realistic yet sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. One of the other points I want to make about the animated adaptation, which I will now call it, I will not say anime, but uh, if you type <laughs> into YouTube Castlevania, 
the first thing that comes up is best fight scene. And Jacob, I don't know if what you know off the top of your head what I'm talking about, but it's season two, episode seven, the penultimate episode. It's course, them storming the castle. And Mike, like, it's so good. My brother and set I to texted bloody it. Tears. It's set to bloody tears, the original scores to the game. And it is fluid it is brilliant. You follow all of the action choreography so crisp and clearly. It's innovative with the items that it uses and how they're displayed. Yeah, and you see the three main characters working together and like their fighting styles and how they, you know, you got one magic user, you got one guy with a whip, one guy with a sword. And you one guy who is a monster, <laughs> who is basically <laughs> their nuke. And literally Trevor says... Yeah. Uh, they face down a herd of demons and vampires, Mike. And, you know, if you think about the original Castlevania game, to relate it to that real quick, in the grand scope of the series, you really only kill a vampire per game, basically. So they're facing down a herd of vampires, yeah. you know, because there's only Dracula in the games. Uh, maybe Trevor two says, if you're lucky, but that's it. Oh, maybe you'll fight, like, your, like a, your a couple partner. instances. Yeah, exactly. Who's like, yeah. I've been turned. I'm now the bad guy, too. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, but you've got Trevor who walks in is like, I'm just going to try to disorient them. Sifa, support with magic. Alucard, go wild. And they let loose, dude. Yeah. And it is so fucking awesome. good, Mike. Well, think Another- about the game, right? Quickly, you are basically spending the first couple levels getting to the door of the castle. And then you enter the castle. So we're just seeing that played out in what, like a minute and a half, three minutes or something? Yes. That's sick. Totally. And the other thing I was going to say to add on that is like one thing that I really like about this show is that they don't skimp on like the violence and stuff and like the graphicness of it. It almost reminds me of those early 2000s um, like adult swim shows like Metal- Metalocalypse and those kind of shows of the, the, the oh, yeah. just the graphicness of the violence that happens. And it's like they don't shy away at all. And you see like, you know, babies getting eaten by flying demons and like people's body parts getting ripped off and stuff. Uh, but it's still realistic, like in the in the story and in the time. So, yeah, what I stuff. saw when I was reading some tidbits is like they wanted to bring that like hard hitting anime of the late '90s, like Ninja yeah. Scroll, Ghost of the Shell, and Akira. They wanted to kind of bring that Ooh. spirit back. And Sam Dietz, one of the other producers, he's like a big Berserk and Game of Thrones fan, so you can see mm-hmm. maybe those influences. I have to watch. Yeah, it definitely but... reminds me of Berserk a lot as well in a lot of scenes. Very cool. So like that's the tone that I like. It's kind of that seinen would be the genre in anime. I was about it's to like ask for, Mike. This is not shown. Uh, this is seinen, no, dude. No, <laughs> this is yeah, R-rated seinen. Yeah, yeah, very cool. They don't hold back. Guts. And I like that. I think cartoons are for kids. Nah, man. Um, and then just the the tr- the character of Trevor is great too because he's like this stumbling drunk guy. Um, and the first fight is him in a bar fighting some other guys that are trying to like beat him up. It and, is D and D. Yeah, but he's like half it drunk, is. but he's still like a great fire. So he's just kind of stumbling around, like kicking these guys' asses. Like it's great. Yeah, Mike, yeah it's like a classic how about this setup. What is a feature of Castlevania, a staple across all series that we haven't even covered yet? Finding uh, a food wall chicken. In the wall. A wall chicken. Yes, Mike. Exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. So the anime. <laughs> beautifully adapts that when they go to the Belmont estate Trevor's like we need some fucking heavy firearms if we're going up against Castlevania if we're going to Dracula let's go to the lost Belmont estate they realize there's more to it than they realize then they bust open another wall and there's a bunch of treasure and good stuff inside and in the corner a fully cooked (laughs) chicken it's fucking great Mike 
They put a wall chicken in it. Oh my god! It's there, I have baby. to watch this like as soon as we hang up with chat. I I'm yeah, this great. is probably our next Game of Thrones where the updates we will get from here on out will be uh, yo Mike's watching Castlevania and loving it, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe by the end of Spooktober, I'll have watched some of it, and I can give you a watch Hell on yes. it. That's so well, that's cool. the thing is that there's you know only six episodes, one season, eight episodes, the other, and they're all you know twenty minutes or whatever. You can bang this out in like a couple days. I got a thirteen-hour flight coming up. Um, yeah, there you go. Prime Castlevania time. Very cool. Is there anything else about the anime you want to talk? Because I would like to touch on a couple kind of film influences the castlevania but i don't want to like do a review on i'm just kind of right. mentioning them no, hit me, baby. yeah i just want to well i wanted to just say so yeah season one like i said it's kind of a prequel to season two season two i liked a lot too the weakest part of season two i felt like was in the middle it started to kind of feel like filler there's a lot of um dracula drama with his his generals because basically you get introduced to all these different vampire generals that are like working under dracula in the second season and it does kind of drag a bit at that point but once you get to uh episode seven you get that awesome fight like it's all worth it um but i will say that like it does get a little slow in the middle of season two fair enough fair enough i'm yeah, still very excited to check it out yeah there's one entire episode mike that's just dracula's generals squabbling so 100 percent agree with you jacob because it's like what are we gonna yeah. do next and it's like oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I hear this, I believe that it's definitely a true anime then because yes, it has filler. Yes, absolutely. That's a requisite. Um, are, are the um, vampires vulnerable to sunlight in uh, in this show? 100%. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing I wanted to touch on is so the sunlight death for vampires kind of as a myth came from the Nosferatu movie, which basically just ripped off a lot of Bram Stoker's work. Uh, but they didn't have the rights to it, so they just called it Nosferatu. But the actual contribution they made is the weakness to sunlight. That was not in uh, Bram Stoker's. He would just oh, kind of lose some of his magic abilities. Yeah, Dracula would be fine. He just couldn't do it. Ma- he wouldn't twinkle the, either. I thought, yeah, I thought the original was twinkle. <laughs> Sparkle. <laughs> and another random thing, too, it's like uh, there's always the myth of like, oh, vampires can't cross running water. Symphony of the Night, until you get the power, you can't walk through the water or Alucard will take damage. So I like the way they bring in vampire lore to the game or the show. Like when you fight. Oh, the running water gets uh, brought up in the show as well. So there we go. Right. Classic vampire mythos. We touched on like the werewolf stuff last time. So I thought it'd be appropriate to kind of mention vampire stuff that they get right. Like uh, hitting Dracula in the head. The only way to kill a vampire traditionally was to chop his head off and then stab the stake in him. So hitting him in the head with the whip really is the only way to go. And that's where right. his hitbox is in those early games. And they do also call him Vlad Dracula Tepish in the show. So that's pretty cool. The historical Vlad Tepish. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but yeah, those last tidbits I wanted to add on about this part here. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about there was a failed movie adaptation? Yeah. Yeah. Can you fill me in on that? I didn't actually hear about the failed movie. Probably the whip was the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 2009 started in 2007, went through everyone's hands, uh, even BS, the man we shall not name on this podcast. Like literally everybody mm. in Hollywood was like, yeah, why not? And again, you know, we mentioned Van Helsing in our last uh, werewolf episode. Go back and listen, normies. I'm thinking a lot of those elements maybe ended up in that piece of garbage, but I'm very glad this movie never got off the ground because, again, it's something where they're like, okay. And there were multiple scripts. I mean, they had outlined storyboards and stuff, but again, it's something where they're like, okay, 
We can't figure out who should be the protagonist because there's too many. We can't figure out what the story should be or when to set it because, again, there's too much to draw on. So what ended up being this film, kind of one of the scripts, I believe the second one, got broken apart and just turned into the anime. Well, so eventually distilled down to its purest essence we got what seems like the best result from that so yeah thank god it does seem like the anime picked the right story to tell for like a first adaptation of of castlevania the easiest story to tell and you get alucard who's a fan favorite you know you get trevor who doesn't fuck it up um for the most and you know it's it's a classic so a good choice on them I was going to say, I did. I was just reading, it looks like it was set to be directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah, a classic video game. Second best director named. <laughs> I was oh, going to say, he's the second oh. direct, best director named Paul Anderson, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, second worst video game director, maybe behind Yui Bowl. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is Shout out to the Resident the, Evil. Yeah, shout out to the Resident Evil franchise. But again, that's yeah. a guy who was not adapting those movies and games well. I don't want him anywhere near this yeah might have been the highest grossing uh, video game franchise of all time resident evil but also the biggest departure similar to how lords of shadow being the highest grossing but biggest departure from the core source of castlevania so i say we turn the page open up the bible banish these vampires back to the manga check out some of the comics of castlevania how's that sound guys let's do it let's do it have at you We're back. We're talking Castlevania. And if we're talking Castlevania, we're talking cool names, guys, because the series has <laughs> weird names for their video games where you could literally say, like, okay, Ritual, Blood, Moon, yeah. <laughs> Cat. I like Rondo of Blood because I don't know what a Rondo is, but it sounds <laughs> awesome. And again, what is called a Rondo? Dracula What's an X in America because you have to believe that they were like, we're not calling it Rondo of Blood. <laughs> You it can call the other of, one Satanic Castle, but there's no Rondo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what a Rondo is. It just makes me think of Rajan Rondo, the basketball player. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Rondo of Blood. No, yeah, he makes an version. appearance. Uh, there's When you walk into one of the uh, boss dungeons, it is him. <laughs> he dunks on you. Dunks, dunks on Dracula. On but we're cool, talking... But he's not a big dunker. Yeah. <laughs> Shut oh, up. <laughs> shows how much I know. <laughs> okay, well, throw here's a crazy something. assist at you. Oh. Well, okay, fair enough. Okay, well, here's something okay. we also don't know too much about that we do need assistance with. Notice all those transitions, yeah. guys. Nice, bro. Uh, that was, is nailed it. The comics Veteran. of Castlevania. Um, one up top, Castlevania: The Belmont Legacy. This is officially licensed. It's 2005. Konami wanted IDW to put this out. It's only five issues. It adapts one of the Game Boy games that I have never played, which is Castlevania: The Adventure. <laughs> so. Uh, where you're like, oh, interesting. Um, and it's, you know, we made the comment about the anime that it is a seinen, right? That's the the mature themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is right. one seinen. where it's almost between a seinen and a shonen because, Mike, the as you get later into the comic, it becomes a little more like Berserk or um, Parasite even, if, if you guys are familiar with that yeah, manga yeah, yeah. at all. 
where there's yeah, just so it's there's a more grim dark. There's emphasis on body gore is all I would say. Like they want these monsters to be weird. Uh, at one point, it follows two twins who are going up against Dracula and storming his castle, a boy and a girl. Um, at one point, they come across one of their compatriots who they thought had passed away. His neck is broken. Everything gory is like sticking out. He's still talking to them. He's possessed now and like a villain. Mm-hmm. So, eh. I, I wouldn't recommend. I mean, if you're looking for something weird like that, I, I just wouldn't even say it's a good adaptation of Castlevania because it's just, it feels very hollow. It's almost bad animation or hand drawings. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, there's just nothing here that I, I think you would hold on to if you were a fan of comics or Castlevania. Yeah, I don't know why Castlevania the Adventure would be That's the game. Hey, guys, we're finally going to let you officially license the comic book. You can do Castlevania the Adventure, the Game Boy spinoff. It's like, oh. Yeah. You had these 23 different consoles. Give us a good one. But um, the other thing I want to mention is we have uh, Nocturne in the Moonlight. It's like a prelude to Symphony of the Night. It was like uh, releases like a lead up to it. Oh, I Um, get it because it's like Nocturne. Is it like a music thing, and then symphony is a music thing. Yeah, and then the aria oh. of sorrow. Like, oh, aria! Yeah. I like and it was Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I like the musical names. You know, that's all. Yeah, we're not really good. talking about manga, but we're talking. Yeah, I about like um, Concerto of Bloody Requiem. That- concerto. So wait a minute, is Rondo's a Rondo concerto. is a Rondo like a music thing? Then holy crap! <laughs> Obviously, I'm looking it up right now. I don't know a what musical a form. Is. Oh my with God. a reoccurring leading theme often found in the final movements oh, of a sonata or concerto. Ah. So it, Arondo, It's all making sense now. Oh and again, his name's gosh. Richter, like the Richter scale. You know, Richter Richter, Belmont. Victor. <laughs> sure. Yeah, wow. So we learned what Arondo was. Normies, this is what you tune in for every week. <laughs> You're not going to know what Arondo is without us. You're very welcome. No way. Or a Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Who, he's not a dunker. <laughs> He's not a dunker. He's known for throwing crazy assists, okay? If you must know, basketball normies. <laughs> I think we might need an assist to get to the wrap of this uh, Castlevania episode. We are way off the rails. I think so. I think so. we're going to need a holy cross to get us save our souls, man. Here's the last thing I want to say for the manga, unless you guys have any others to throw out. So Lament yeah. of Innocence that we talked about earlier, which is the prequel game series, did get a comic adaptation that was meant to be, and it's a manga adaptation officially, that was meant to be read on mobile devices. Like that is mm. what they made it for. They made it to put it out on that. Uh, not yeah. a huge fan of that. <laughs> you know, don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's like that's a big platform, though. There's a whole webtoon genre about like, graphic novels designed to be read on a phone and formatted as such i mean i get the motivation and also konami put it on a cell phone okay oh go back to kingdom hearts if you want to talk about that culture that is a game series and again square annex maybe having that association to konami are like no look at what we're doing we make these weird light novels that go directly to phones that also have mobile only features that people eat up and it's like ah stay away from all that yeah, the mobile like phone economy, I guess, is so different maybe in Asia, especially with like trains, public transportation. It's like you always have time to dick around on your phone. So having these supplemental materials, like I'm driving a car. I can't, you know, read a graphic novel while I'm idle. So maybe there's a reason, but it just doesn't seem to work for me or maybe the Western audience. But I think there's been a lot of more mangas that we're not mentioning because it's such a long-running series. I'm sure if you dig into it, there's 
a ton more out there because I'm sure a lot of game adaptations. Yeah, serialized pretty much every game story. That's correct. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for the uh, comic side of this. If you guys have any comments, be sure to let us know. Uh, normies like us on Twitter, Instagram, or just on the old Gmail. Hit us up. But I think now it's time to go for the wrap. Back to our coffins, normies. We're back. We're wrapping up Castlevania, uh, one beloved ancient series that will it have eternal life? Uh, That's my question to you guys here as we're talking about the wrap up. What is the future of Castlevania, Mike? Well, we kind of touched on it, um, you know, in the video games where I'm like, where is it going? It all comes down to what does Konami see in the property? Like, how do they want to do they want to profit off it? Do they want to put the money in to promote it as a triple A brand? Or is triple it a, a brand trend? because I want to ask you, even though as a brand, Mike, you know, don't even think yes. of the games. Will the Netflix adaptation inspire a feature length movie? Will it inspire, you know, different TV series from the Nintendo well to also go on Netflix? Uh, we've got this announcement. We should say that uh, Ari Shankar has said he's producing a Devil May Cry series. That'll be cool. Yes, there's a decent Devil May Cry anime, and maybe next year we could do a Devil May Cry. Is that spooky? I don't know. Maybe down the road. No, I'm we'll a big do that at that some point. Yeah, some other point. Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. Um, but cool fight scenes in that. I think um, I do want to shout out like that it has like an influence on things. Like we talked about Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, there's a scene where Khaleesi is speaking High Valerian, and the word that the linguist used for whip is Belmont. Wow, I didn't. Mike, I didn't know that. That's the coolest, nerdiest fucking piece of trash that will ever be said on this podcast. But get this. (laughs) Episode two of the Netflix show, which I just read this, you know, they put Longclaw hanging on the wall in the background to like tilt their fedora. Guys, I think I'm going to rewatch the anime when we get done too. (laughs) This episode two, I believe. But yeah, so Game of Thrones shouted them out. They shouted out Game of Thrones. I mean, it it has influence. I mean, think about the Witcher games, maybe the Witcher series. That's going to be tonally maybe similar not exactly yeah. but like it's there um i i just hope the anime uh does well maybe we'll see more of that and i would love to see another 3d actual proper game but that's up to konami and i don't really have any faith in them at the moment what is konami but a miserable pile of secrets am i right guys <laughs> love that's it. right um yeah i i can't speak to the games as much but i think the and I don't even know how popular the, the show is on Netflix, but I feel like it must be pretty popular because it's really good. So, um, yeah, I can see that being kind of giving it a resurgence uh, in, in kind of mainstream popularity. And maybe from that, you know, they'll decide to make more games and stuff um, or make a movie. Um, yeah. Jacob, would you I mean, ever pick up as a casual fan one of these collections of the earlier games now and sit down and play it on one of your advanced systems? Yeah, if there was like like if there was like a Steam package where they just like ported all the older games on on PC, I would probably and cuz basically what I do on Steam is I'll just wait for Steam sales and then I'll buy a bunch of old games for like $3 each. So if that was like included in one of those those sales, I would a hundred percent like throw five bucks at it to get like five old um, Castlevania games. 
Uh, I might do it just to pick up Symphony of the Night right now, guys. I might just get on my PlayStation and buy that HD remaster. Oh, it's got to be gorgeous, yeah. Colin, what are your thoughts on Castlevania? It's future, it's legacy. I want to write the movie, so please, one day, let me write the movie. I would like that very much. I've been dreaming about it since I was a kid, so I don't know if that means that I deserve to, but yeah, I just... I would hope that it gets that treatment. Uh, I can't see that happening. But I would love somebody, you know, like an Adam Wingard or a Ty West, this whole new age of um, horror directors. If they got a chance to make a horror action blockbuster, that might pave the way for more of those. So I would like that, but I don't know if that will happen. Um, right now we have I Frankenstein and Van Helsing. I'll pass. <laughs> we don't even have those, right, Mike. Those were have... botched. Yeah, right, but like you're saying with The Witcher, um, there's been kind of like a popularity of of medieval stuff starting, you know, Game of Thrones, obviously, Ooh, thrusting yes. into the mainstream. So I think, you know, Castlevania is medieval-y. How did we not talk about Witcher? How did we not talk about Bloodborne on this game uh, or on this episode, Jacob? Two (laughs) video games that, yeah, so inspired by Castlevania. You can see their creators being like, well, probably the first game I ever played was Castlevania. (laughs) Oh, and the Most connecting definitely. levels. Like I, I, I say, like Dark Souls is basically Castlevania because of the connected map, Metroidvania style. Yeah. like Bloodborne's 100%. the same way. Yeah, Mikey, I mean those Souls games are 100 percent just like a 3D oh, yeah. version. You guys were talking about that Miyazaki earlier. I was thinking of Haya Miyazaki, and I almost wanted to say, <laughs> how cool would a movie called Dracula Satanic Castle by him be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Dracula's moving moving satanic castle. (laughs) Hey, it's me, Dracula. Come to my howling castle. I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. about growing up in childhood. Yeah, life lessons. Let's go. It'll be Kid Dracula, basically. Oh, it will. (laughs) That's amazing. Any other last thoughts on Castlevania, the series, guys? This has been a really fun conversation. I just want to thank you both. Yeah, I'm loving that such an ancient game series with not a lot going on just inspired three guys to be pretty passionate about it. So, Normies, thank you for riding along with us on Spooktober. Uh, Keep enjoying spooky episodes. we got a bunch more coming out uh, for the rest of the October month. And as always, hit us at Normies Like Us. Any suggestions, anything you'd like to see for future episodes? Stay tuned for more... October, what's it called? Halloween. It's Spooktober. Spooktacu- oh, Spooktober. Sorry, I, I totally messed that up. It's all right. I could write that down. <laughs> Not listening Here. at all to the fact that I just said, thanks for joining us at Spooktober, and then says, enjoy oh, us oh. for, what's it called? <laughs> I got a note if you want to do a, a, another take. Just, just leave that in. Just leave that in. <laughs> okay, then I'll continue from there. Thank you guys very much. I'll be back in another hundred years. It's been Mike Sylvania. Thank you so much. This is your host, uh, Where Colin. This is uh, Vamp Jacob. That doesn't work at all. (laughs) Spooky (laughs) Jacob. Wait, what would Jacob be back? Let's do our names backwards to get out of this. This has been been Bokash. This has been Nilok. (laughs) Ekim. Thanks, Normies. Thanks, Normies. It's not a werewolf. Blah. Blah. Yeah, I don't know why I kept howling at the end there. <laughs> he turns into a wolf. Yeah, just all leave right, that I'll, in. Just leave that I'm going to hit stop. Leave all that in. <laughs>
hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. Basically, anytime I don't have anything to add, I just don't say anything. <laughs> you should just... <laughs> That's typically what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Oh, I'm man. Sure, no, sure, I sure. think you should lean forward and say, I have nothing to add I, at this I'm time. sorry. I just have nothing to add here. <laughs> well, sometimes when there's like a pause, I feel mm. like, oh, you I feel should obligated. say something to fill yeah, the silence. But then I was like, oh, I don't have anything smart to say. I'll just sound like an idiot. That's fine. That nah, is fine, never. man. Uh, I got to play another rondo. I got to <laughs> play another rondo right now. <laughs>